So I want to talk today about walking with giants. We're talking about a girl named Rebecca. She was a young single girl um, who, like most girls, probably was looking for the man of her dreams. Uh, and uh, it, this message is really going to apply to you if you're single, but it's also going to apply to you if you are in a waiting pattern. You're like, God, are, are you ever going to come through for me? This message is for you, if that's the case. Maybe you're single, praying that God will bring you that right person in your life, or maybe you're praying for God to open the door for you. Maybe you're wanting God to open the door of promotion, of opportunity. I'm not sure what you are needing, but I believe God uh, will speak to you today through the message of Rebecca. So you guys ready to dive in? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Let's go. I'm excited about today's message. And so here we go. Rebecca's story is found in Genesis chapter 24. I want to give you a little background. Abraham and his wife had gone to a country, had gone to Canaan, 450 miles from where they were from. They were there. All the young girls, the Canaanites, worshipped a different God than they had. And Abraham's wife said, honey, I don't want my son Isaac marrying one of these local girls because they don't honor the same God that we honor. It says this. Let's pick up in the story. Genesis chapter 24. Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. And go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. Okay. Now, at this point, they get their servant, Eleazar. He's their head servant involved. I'm assuming Eleazar is probably from their, their hometown. That way he would know how to get back. And uh, the discussion came up, hey, maybe we should just let Eleazar take Isaac with them. And Abraham quickly said, no, 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 we're not doing that because we are already in our promised land and he may not come back. And so and I just want to say this too, in the same way, don't give up the ground God has given you for some girl or guy either. That's very common, isn't it? So you've got this, God's giving you this new ground. You're really honoring the Lord with your life. And then we compromise it because we want to be with someone. Right. So I challenge you not to do that. So instead they said, no, 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 we're not going to give up the ground that God has given us. This is our promised land. So instead, Eliezer, we're going to send you back to our homeland to find the girl of Isaac's dreams and bring her back. That's a daunting task, but that's exactly what they did. And so let's pick up in scripture. Uh, I, I love this. Basically, they load up Eleazar with 10 camels full of loot, like all kinds of goodies, all kinds of giveaways, right? Because this head servant's got to go convince the family to let him bring their daughter back with him with a guy they don't know. I mean, this is a big task, okay? But Eleazar, Eleazar is up for the task. So he now travels 450 miles. Before we get to that, let me say the first point. Number one, I want to challenge you to believe that God is moving on your behalf. Trust him when you don't see anything changing yet. What that means is that Rebecca had no idea that 450 miles away, there was a mother saying, I will not let my son marry one of these local girls because they don't honor God. Maybe you're single and you're in a not so target rich environment. And you're like, where I live, there are not a lot of good guys that are loving the Lord, a lot of good girls loving the Lord. And you're like, man, maybe I need to just move. Maybe just to go to a bigger city, go off to a Christian university. I need to go somewhere where there's more Christians, right? But the truth is, is that if you go off to that bigger city, there's also more idiots, <laughs> right? So the odds really are about the same. And so I want to challenge you, that's really probably not the answer because you can go move to a big city, you know, move to a more target-rich environment, and there are more believers probably in that environment, but it's also, uh, if mixed in them are a lot of idiots too, and, and there's also, there also such thing as Christian idiots too, right? You've met a few of those. Like, like I know you're, you're Christian, but you're not, your life's not really together. Like, you're not really what we're looking for either. And so I just want to encourage you, you don't need to go find someone. Let God bring them to you. And God will do that if you're faithful. So what did Rebecca do to cause that to happen? Before we go any further, uh, Eleazar travels 450 miles with camels. Just to put this travel in perspective, he was walking the whole way. 
He's, he's got 450, uh, 450 miles to go and 10 camels to go with him. That is a slow journey. And just to put this in perspective, that means he walked from Houston to Oklahoma City. Just to put that in perspective, how far of a journey this is. This is not a fast trip. And I just want to mention this, that the one thing that everybody, ever, all of us have in common is this. And there are no exceptions to this rule. All of us have to wait on God. So I just want to encourage you, you better get comfortable waiting because good things only come to those who wait. So wait on the Lord. He will bless you. But don't go to Luby's with your tray and load it all up with jello when you haven't gotten to the end yet. And you're like, I'm full. I got what I want. I'm just going to go. In other words, you just pick the first thing you saw rather than waiting on the Lord. Because when you do that, it's just jiggly and not very healthy. <laughs> There's a lot more down the line. A lot of people fall for something jiggly. Don't do that. I better stop with this illustration. Anyways, isn't it funny how we settle so quickly? And so God's saying, wait on the Lord. Even if it's a 450 miles journey, maybe you feel like you're on a 450 miles like, I feel like I'm waiting forever. Stay faithful. God really will take care of you. So what does, what, what does Eliezer do? He finally gets to the homeland where Abraham is from. He goes directly to the right spot. He goes to the watering hole. He goes to the well because he knows all the young girls. They all hang out there. Why? They come at the, you know, they come right when the sun's going down. It's the cool of the day and they come and they get water for their families and go back. This is not just getting water. This is their time to hang out. They're probably gossiping, talking about who's going out with who. And I think so-and-so's cute. All that kind of stuff has been going on for thousands of years. Okay. And so these girls have gathered, right? And so he shows up right about the time they show up at the well and he prays this prayer. Lord, Please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master, Abraham. See, I'm standing here beside this spring and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, you can have a drink and, you, and I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is brilliant. Now you may say, one little prayer is not going to do it. Well, first of all, you're assuming he just started praying then. He's probably been praying for 450 miles. But when he gets there, he prays this very specific prayer. And so, and this is just a little bonus point. This one is about Rebecca, but this is a great point to remember if you're waiting on God for something. Abraham's servant prayed specifically for what he was looking for. My question is, have you? Have you prayed specifically for what you're looking for? Let me tell you why it's so important to pray specifically. First of all, God answers specific prayers, number one. But number two, when you pray specifically, you just locked yourself in to no longer compromising. Because if any old guy or girl do, then you don't pray specifically. God, I want them to have this quality. I want them to have that quality. I want them to be like this. I want them to be like that. But if you don't pray that prayer, then anyone shows up and you're like, you know what? They're fine. That's a great way to compromise. Right. Instead, pray specifically about what you're looking for. And when that person shows up and they don't match that, they're not it. Right. Keep on going. Wait, hold out. Don't do that. So Abraham prayed for specifically, have you. Pray specifically about the job you want, about the income you want, about the opportunity you want, about the relationship you want. Pray specifically about what you are looking for. And God answers his prayers, your prayers specifically. So what happens? Rebecca just showed up with her friends. It's just another day at the watering hole. She just was going down there to get water for her family and to bring it back. What was she doing? She was doing her part for the family. She was, she was doing what she, what she always did. And so that tells us something about her character. And so look what happens. Before, she'd finished, before he finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. 
She was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother, Nahor, and his wife, Milcah. Rebekah was very beautiful and old enough to be married, but she was still a virgin. So a couple things here. First of all, remember they said before they left, they said, make sure that, that, that she's from our family line, that she's from our tribe. So, you, so this, this person's from the same tribe. Then second, it says Rebecca's beautiful. I want to point that out. Singles. A lot of times singles get mad. They're like, you just make it all about whether they're godly. But what if I want to be hot? Who said it has to be one or the other? Why can't you get the package deal? Someone that you're attracted to, but you're not just attracted to them physically. You're also attracted to their heart, their character. Because I hate to break it to you, but we oftentimes fall in love for looks, but you're stuck with character. So you better have character too. Otherwise, you can have a good-looking guy who won't work. A good-looking girl who's a nag. I don't think you want that, right? Wouldn't it be better to have someone who's got all the character traits you're looking for and you also find them attractive? So it says a couple of things. It says that she was from the right family, the right tribe. It says that she was very beautiful. She was old enough to be married. That's important. And that she was also still a virgin. Now, I want to talk about the virgin thing for a second. Maybe you've blown it in this area, but here's my challenge for you. Why is God saying this? Is God trying to make us feel guilty for our past transgressions? Not at all. God's trying to tell you that if someone is a virgin or is virginal, meaning they've made a decision to be innocent after realizing it's wrong. At some point they said, you know what, God, I may mess up in the past, but I'm not going to do this anymore. When you do that, you're creating a runway for God to move. You're saying from this moment on, I'm going to honor you and I, I pray that you would restore my innocence. And that way, one day when you do meet the man and woman of your dreams, you can say, you know what? Yes, I've blown it in the past, but there was a day I, I heard Pastor Bill preaching the message. It spoke to me and I committed from that day on to honor you. And the reason why I bring this up is because if you're not doing this, let me just ask you, how's that working out for you? Let's just be honest at least. So if you're blowing by that rule that God has, how's that worked out? It probably hasn't. And so because God's word does not return void. It means if you, if you follow the Lord, he'll, he'll bless you with the kind of relationship that you're looking for. But don't expect to date like the world and then suddenly for God to bless it. And so we have to do it in God's way. So having said that, I want to challenge you with this. What did Rebecca do? She showed up. She showed up to serve. And so she came just to get her family water and then God opened the door. When you show up to serve, you're positioning yourself for blessing. And that's what she did. She, she became a servant. She was serving her family and she just showed up every day like she normally did and was simply serving and God put her in the right place at the right time. Now, let me show you what happened. Now we're about to set Rebecca apart from all the other girls. She's about to do something that is a game changing move. Check it out. She went down to the spring, filled her jug and came up again. Running over to her, the servant said, please give me a little drink of water from your jug. Yes, my Lord, she answered, have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw water for all his camels. This was a game changing move. I don't think you understand how much water it takes to fill up 10 camels. This is an insane amount of water. And she is helping someone out that she doesn't even know. Not to mention the creepy nature. This is an old man talking to a young girl. I mean, let's just be honest, right? Like most girls would have easily been able to excuse themselves and be like, I don't know you. You're not my grandpa. You're none of our girlfriend's grandpas. I'm out of here. But she didn't do that. She's like, no, you're, you're obviously thirsty. You're an elder. I want to I serve you. So, so she did. And so what does this tell me about her? Number three, we have to apply what I call the Rebecca principle, which is to go the extra mile. That's exactly what she does. There's a scripture in Matthew chapter five where Jesus says, whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. There was a Roman law. Rome dominated the Middle East back then, okay? And so the Roman centurions were very cruel people. They were like 
just imagine like bad policemen, if there was such a thing back then, they had them, okay? And then there's a, occasionally some now, but most of them are good nowadays. But I'm not saying there's not a bad apple. But almost all the Roman centurions were just bad dudes, okay? And so this is the law. The law was I can just point to anyone as a Roman, as, as a Roman centurion soldier and say, hey, you, come here, carry my pack. And you legally had to carry their bag one mile. These are not light packs. Got the, see, you're, you're not having to load this huge pack, and you have to do it. So here's what they would do. Forgive my crassness, but I just want to let you understand what actually happened. They would carry it all the way to that one-mile marker, and then they would drop it and basically say, and screw you. They're basically saying, you know what? That's how I feel about you, sucker. They're like, I can't believe you made me do it. And basically, they knew I follow the law, but that's it. Now I'm in your face, so get out of here. That's what they would do. That was normal. These, these guys were mean and cruel, and they would be mean back. And Jesus comes along, changes all that. He says, hey, when you're forced to carry a pack, right when you get to the point you're ready to drop it, just say, hey, I'll go another mile with you. Wow. Who would do that? This guy's a jerk even making this. Why would you do that? Because Jesus knew something. If you go the extra mile with someone, they'll suddenly say, why are you doing that? I just want to help you out. Why would you, why would you help me? I mean, you know, I'm making you do this. You know I mean? Why are you, why are you still going? I can't make you do another one. You're like, I know. I just want to help you out. How's your day going? You see, the truth is, is you know what critics call this? People don't even believe in the Word of God. You know what they call this? They call this a Judeo-Christian work ethic, where we go over and above and beyond. Why? Because we're not working on the man. We're working under God. Yeah. And so I want to go further. And so did you know that the number one way that the gospel uh, was traveled, traveled all over the world was through Roman centurions who were saved from people like this? Yeah. You would say, why are you doing this? And they would say, you know why I'm doing this? Because Jesus has changed my life. That's why I'm doing this. So when we go above and beyond what we're asked to do, great things happen. And so I want to challenge you to get past the minimum dose, to go further. Don't just think minimum work with maximum pay. Instead, think maximum work so God can, can bless you. So let me give you a little calculation here. This is what I call the camel watering calculation. Here it is. 10 camels, which is how many Eliezer had, at 20 gallons. They eat. Do you know a camel can hold 20 gallons of water? That's crazy, right? 10 camels at 20 gallons each means that this girl, this teenage girl, gave out 200 gallons of water to fill these camels. That's 200 gallons drawn with a five-gallon jar equals 40 trips. That's 40 trips at a conservative clip of three minutes each meant she spent two hours filling up camels for a guy she doesn't know. That is some serious extra mile effort. Would you agree with me? This is the kind of person who when they see a homeless person and they're on their way to Chick-fil-A, they pull in, get Chick-fil-A, they buy two meals, circle back and give the person the extra meal. This is the kind of person that when they're asked, when they finish up their project and notice the people in the, in the cubicle next to them working at the same company, that they're not on their team. They come over and they help them out until their project's done, even though they don't have to do it. This kind of person goes above and beyond what they're asked to do. And that's the kind of person God blesses. We go above and beyond. So I want to challenge us to rethink how we're living our lives. Quit giving a minimum effort and expecting a maximum payout. Wow. I just want to challenge you. Life doesn't work that way. And by the way, let me just say this, something about people like this. This goes directly against the other teachers of the law in Israel at the time. They were called Pharisees. Pharisees measured everything. They were like, this is what the law says. Do what the law says only. And guess what? They were arrogant because of it, and they were also insecure. Now, we can talk about arrogance, but let me talk about the insecurity instead. Do you know where we're insecure? You tell me where you're insecure and I'll tell you an area that you know in your heart of hearts, you're mailing it in. Wow. 
When I hear people say, well, I'm kind of insecure about my body, which is code word for I eat all the crap I want and never exercise. That, of course you're insecure about your body because you're not doing anything that's healthy. Oh, I'm insecure in my marriage. That means you're just barely showing up. And so it's like, hey, well, you better not be looking at that person over there. You better not be. Why are you insecure? Because you're, you're just, you're barely showing up. This is the person who goes to the professor and is like, hey, I just want to check on my grade. And the smart professor will look at them and say, you already know how you're doing. That's why you can't check on your grade because you know you're mailing it in. You know you're not paying attention. You're barely showing up. You're skipping classes. Of course, you check on your grade because you shouldn't even got the GPA you do have. So let's at least be honest about it. If you're worried about losing your job, it's because you're barely making it to work on time and you're goofing off at the job. And so, of course, you're insecure. We're insecure in the areas where we know we're not doing much. And so when we feel like oh, I come to church and I feel like the walls are going to cave in, it's because you never come. They're not going to cave in on you, by the way. I they would have caved in on me a long time before you because none of us are perfect. But, but the truth is, is that the, the areas we're insecure, it's, it's a sign we know in our heart of hearts we're not doing much there. So I want to challenge you, if you're insecure as, as a husband or a father, are, are you plugged into your family? Are you, are you insecure in your parenting? Could it be because you're letting Disney Channel raise your kids? This may, this may be coming hard at you, but I, I love you enough to tell you that we, we got to be honest with life. We keep barely mailing it in and expecting God to give us these great results. We're not putting in much. So I want to challenge you instead to do like Rebecca. Say, so you know what? You asked me for something, I'm going to give you more than you asked for. I'm going to go above and beyond. And God really will bless that time and again. And so now before we go any further, though, we want to go the extra mile. That's point number three. But before you go the extra mile, you got to go the first. Would you write that down? That's the fourth point. You can't walk the second mile until you've walked the first. So let's go back to the first mile for her. Please give me a little drink of water from your jug. Yes, my Lord, she said, have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, I'll, I'll draw water for your camels too. So let's talk about the first mile. First of all, can I be honest with you right now? So many people right now are barely making it in life. They're barely, they're just not very committed. They're, they're, they're not doing much. Well, let me just give you an example. I know people are like, oh God, give me a raise at work, give me a promotion. And it's like, okay, well, why don't you quit standing up till three in the morning on your phone all night? So when you do show up at work, you're tired all day. And so you're not paying attention. You're falling asleep in class because you're playing Xbox or on your phone all night or, or you're doing other stuff. You're not, you're not focused. And so you, you're showing up late. You're not giving it your best, but yet you want promotion? I mean, well, what? Like we're so far off the mark. I know this sounds cutting, but I love you enough to tell you the truth, guys. We have gotten used to mailing it in in our life, skating by, and then we wonder why we're not getting great results. So if you'll step it up. You know what? This may shock you. You want good grades? Study. If you want to do well in school, show up for class. If you want to go somewhere in your career, show up early, work through lunch, stay late. We have forgotten what it means to not only do what we're asked, but to go above and beyond what we're asked because that's what God blesses. So let's step it up. God blesses it when we give our best, when we go that second mile, but you got to do the first mile first. And so I just want to challenge you. You know, I just want to say this right now. Our church wouldn't be here if it wasn't for incredible volunteers. Thank you for that. We have volunteers that go the first mile and we have volunteers that go the second mile. We really do. It's incredible. If you're nervous or if you're insecure maybe about your job, can I just talk that real quick? You know, Tom Brady, when he got cut, did you think he would stay without a team very long? 
No, right? Why? Because he didn't have job security. He did get cut. And you may lose your job too at some point in your life. It almost happens to everyone. But can I tell you what? If you are the, the kind of guy who goes extra mile, then you may not have job security, but you'll always have employment security. Someone will pick you up because of your work ethic. It'll be like, man, your boss has to let you go. Be like, this is killing me. I know how hard you work. Here is my, here's my name. Here's my number. When you look for a job, you haven't called me and I'm going to tell them about who you really are. You will always have a position. Why? Because maybe life dealt you a bad hand, but who you are will open the door for you. Yeah. And so I just want to challenge you to become an extra mile person. God really will bless that in your life. Also, number five, extra mile giving always creates extra mile blessing. Man, the verse I used last week about uh, Luke chapter six, verse 38. I used that verse too soon. I didn't even know about Rebecca yet. Wow. She's the embodiment of this verse. I mentioned this last week. Given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap for with the measure. Remember we talked about the measure? Remember I said, if you, you give God a teaspoonful, he's going to measure back a teaspoonful of blessing. You give God a shovel full, he's going to measure back a shovel full from heaven. And so the measure you use will be measured back to you. That's Rebecca. Yeah. Think about it. Rebecca did something crazy. Let me talk to single women in the house. All single ladies, all single ladies. Let me talk to you for a second. She gave water for two solid hours. This is hard work in the desert. She's tired. She doesn't even know this guy. But let me ask you something, ladies. Would you do two hours worth of hard grinding work for someone you don't even know if it got you a husband? All the girls are like, where do I sign up? Let's go. <laughs> of course I will. Well, that's just it. Rebecca didn't know that when she had a lifestyle of servanthood, that one day it would all even out. Now think about if you're one of Rebecca's girlfriends, you're there and you're like, wait, what'd you just say? Did you just say you're going to feed them all? The Do you know how long it's going to take? Rebecca's like, I know guys, this, look, he's been a long journey. Just let me help out. And so they're sitting there. Now, you know, they're frustrated because you can't leave her. They're like, we're not going to leave you. You know, this weirdo. And so we can't leave you here. So you're going to get trafficked and we're going to be in trouble. And so, you know, and so they're like, we can't leave you. So they're sitting there frustrated for two hours talking like, yeah, I can't believe her. She just, because she ran her mouth and said yes. And now we got to sit here. And so they're frustrated. And right about the time she finishes feeding the last camel, all of a sudden, uh, Eliezer, you read the story? Eliezer says, hey, come over here quick. I got something for you. Then he pulls out gold. Pulls out a huge gold necklace. Puts it around her neck. Puts gold earrings on her face. I mean, she's freaking, she's hanging. She's got more gold than Travis Scott's got on right now. I mean, she's, she's like, how did this happen, right? She's freaking out. And all, at, at that point, all the girlfriends are like, I can't believe her. Whoa, 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 whoa. What just happened? Do you see the gold on her? Are you, what? No, are you kidding me? And so all of a sudden, the girl that was being made fun of by her friends, suddenly they realize, Girl, we should have done what you're doing. You just got yourself a man, a man who's obviously got wealth. We don't see him yet, but he's somewhere and he's got wealth because look at that. I mean, I mean, all of a sudden. And then what does Eliezer say? He says, you, you don't know my 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 uh, my I'm a servant in the family I come from. His name's Abraham. And he she immediately was like, whoa, 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 I, wait, I know that name. Oh, my gosh. That's I hear my mom and dad talk about Abraham. You're from his family? I am. And she realized you're from my tribe. He says, look, I know you don't know me, but can I go home with you to meet your family? She's, and cause, because Abraham has a son. And of course, I'm sure she's like, was well, he good looking? Tell me, tell me about him. <laughs> but he says, look, I, I promise you, he's a wonderful man. Can I go meet your parents? And she's like, there's no way they're going to let me go. But that, he said, that's not your concern. Let me handle that. He gets there. They realize this is the obvious hand of God. Because they're like, you got to be kidding me. I can't believe you're from Abraham's family. And Isaac, the, the child they've been promised, he's alive and he's well. And he's a young man. He needs a wife. And my daughter, I mean, God, obviously his hand is on her life. And so God put it all together. And God made Rebecca, listen, listen, because Rebecca was a go the extra mile person. 
God made Rebecca, the great, 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 great time 16, grandmother of Jesus. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So when we give above and beyond, God blesses us. We're in the middle of a leaving a legacy offering right now. I mean, you've made the commitment. Will you keep your word, right? Will we go above and beyond and keep our word to God? And I believe God shows us clearly that he will bless us. He, you're measuring it out by the same measure you measured out. It will be measured back to you. And Rebecca was willing to go above and beyond to someone she doesn't even know. That means what? That means that was her character, who she was. This was not an anomaly. This was a normal thing for her to be a servant towards other people. Aren't you glad Rebecca didn't say, no, nah, I don't do camels? What if she would have said that? Oh, I don't do camels. I'm going to give you some more, but that's going to be it. I'm going to draw a line. I'm going to have a boundary. She didn't do that. She could have said, I'll leave my jug with you. I'll come back and get tomorrow. Just leave it by the well, and good luck to you. She didn't do that, did she? She said, no, sir, I'm going to feed all of your camels until they're full. And she stayed, and she put in the work. I'm glad Rebecca didn't say, I don't do camels. What if Michelangelo would have said, I don't do ceilings? What if Noah would have said, I don't do boats? What if Moses would have said, I don't do rivers? What if David would have said, I don't do giants? Or Mary said, I don't do virgin births. What if Peter said, I don't do Gentile discipleship? What if Paul said, I don't do letters? And what if Jesus said, I don't do crosses? Where would we be today? So instead of saying, God, that's where I draw the line. Maybe it's time to say, God, forgive me. Whatever you ask, God, I will do it. And then some. I will live an extra mile life. Let's be honest. We want great marriages. How about putting an extra mile in then? We want great kids. Put an extra mile in your parenting. I want to be close to you, God. Put an extra mile into God's house. God, I want a great thriving career. Put an extra mile at work. Maybe it's time to step it up. Quit doing this minimum dose stuff. Start doing maximum output, pouring it in, and watch God bless your life. Would you bow your heads with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. We just take a moment to pray right now, all across our churches right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If God is speaking to you, maybe you've been mailing it in, maybe just skirting by. Is God telling you it's time to step it up? Maybe it's time to do some really basic things. Oh, God, I want a raise and promotion. And God's like, why don't you get to bed on time? so I can bless you. Maybe God's saying it's time to get your stuff together to get that first mile done. Then we can talk about the second mile. Oh, Lord, bless me. I want to I give big to you. God's like, why don't you start by tithing? That's the basic. That's the first mile. Then we can advance. Oh, I want to start serving. God's like, why don't you just show up to church and then start serving? Start with that first mile. Then go the second. I believe God called me today to bring this message to you because attached to your extra mile is God's blessing, his hand of blessing for you. Maybe God hasn't brought you what you want yet because you're not ready for it. He wants you to develop you so you're ready for the blessing of God. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, if you say, God, I'm going to start going the extra mile, just lift your hand high. You say, Pastor, I know you're talking to me. God, I hear you loud and clear, Lord. The area I'm insecure about, I need to start doing something in that area. Let God's word speak to you today. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Put your hands down. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm so glad Jesus didn't say, I don't do crosses. But instead, he gave his life on the cross for you and me. He paid the price for our sin. Then he rose again from the grave, waiting for you to receive him as your Lord and your Savior. You can pray this prayer and receive Christ right now. Pray this prayer with me. You can just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. 
I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just gave your life to Christ, no one's looking around right now at all of our churches. If you just gave your life to Christ, would you just lift your hand high? Just let us know if you just received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. You just prayed that prayer. Lift your hand high. Praise God. There are hands going up all across our churches. Thank you right now. Praise God. Thank you. Hold that hand high. Praise God. If you're online with us right now, you can let us know by simply texting in the chat. Just say, my hand's raised or click hand raised right now. Praise God. If you just gave your life to Christ, if you're in our prison ministry, you can let us know as well that your hand's raised. In fact, you can write us a letter. We'll, we'll write you back. We will. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for the decision you made to give your life to Christ. Christ can penetrate your heart right there in the middle of that prison cell. He's that good. Praise God. Lord, thank you for your word today, God. Thank you that Jesus did a cross so that we can live our lives extra mile, just like he taught. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for Rebecca, her life and her witness of what it is to be extraordinary. Thank you for her example for all of us. In your name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.